0: Good afternoon. Today we celebrate the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And in our readings today, we hear of God's great mercy and forgiveness. In our first reading from Exodus, we hear how the people of Israel, well, they had these stiff necks. They kept turning away from the Lord. And of course, when Moses ascended the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, well, they couldn't wait. So they made this molten calf and worshipped the molten calf. The Lord called Abraham, kind of on the carpet. He said, this is a stiff-necked people. They worship this molten calf like the molten calf got them out of Egypt. How can this be? And he was going to do away with the people. And Abraham stepped up to the plate and said, Oh no, Lord. No, you you can't do this. I mean, we had our servants Abraham and Isaac and Israel. And you promised that they would have descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and that all this land would be given to them. Now the Lord reconsidered. And he showed mercy to the people of Israel. And you know, as I, after I read that parable, I thought to myself, was he really going to destroy the people of Israel, or maybe, maybe that was just a test? Did Moses measure up? You bet. Who do you know that argues with God? Abraham? Or, no, I didn't think No, Moses. Moses stepped up to the plate. And he saved his people. God's great mercy, forgiveness, came down upon the people. In our second reading from Paul's first letter to Timothy, we hear how the Lord made Paul a missionary, how he made him a minister of the word. And Paul confessed his sins how he persecuted those early Christians. How he, in ignorance, just was arrogant. He just could not see the way, but after the Lord got his attention, he got it. Struck him blind. That made him think a little bit, but in the end, of course, he ended up being the greatest missionary of all time. Brought Christianity to the Western world. And Paul talked about God's great forgiveness to even the worst of sinners, and he was at the top of the list. But it is about God's forgiveness, as was the parables that would come in the gospel. Again, it's about mercy and forgiveness. Those three parables all kind of revolved around that concept, that idea. And we have the hundred sheep, And the shepherd, of course, of course you're going to go after that one lost sheep. Really? I mean, you leave the 99 and you go for the one? This small little lamb, you know, let's do a cost analysis here. That doesn't make any sense. But it shows that this story wasn't about a shepherd. It's about God and the great mercy of God that he would go out and find that sheep and bring it back and rejoice because he found that lost sheep. Talks about, yes, the sinner, the one who turns away, there's more rejoicing over that one sinner than all the rest who've been faithful all along. And that second parable, about the woman with the ten coins and loses one, turns her house upside down. Now you kind of wonder... Boy, those must have really been valuable coins, you know, maybe uh, collector's items or something. No, nah, maybe, maybe not. But they were valuable to her. And she found that one lost coin and rejoiced. Had a big soiree invited all of her neighbors over and celebrated that lost coin. And they're all happy to drink their wine and celebrate, but over a lost coin? Really? But again... It's not about the lost coin. It's about you and I when we turn away from the Lord and are brought back. There's rejoicing in heaven. And then, of course, the prodigal son. You gotta love the prodigal son. Here he is, the youngest son, goes up to his father and says, You know, I'd like to have half your estate. Normally we would wait until you die, but I thought I'd cash out a little early. <laughs> Ooh, really? But Here's the father saying, well, sure, of course we'll do that. What father would do that? You know, well, our heavenly father, maybe, I don't know. But he takes all that wealth and lives a life of dissolution and loses all of his money. And then the the famine strikes and there he is stuck in a foreign land and he goes to work tending swine. Good job for a good Jew. Uh, Not so much. He longed to eat the pods that they were giving to the swine, but nobody gave many. And then he got it. And it wasn't like that at home. Man, our servants were treated good. So he's going to go back to his father. He had this speech all prepared. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against God, and I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. Just let me be your servant. And so he takes off. He begins this journey, the journey back. And the father sees him from a long way off. And he's been praying for this day that he'd come back. He runs to his son, embraces him, and then he starts his spiel. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I don't deserve to be your son. With that, he said, put a robe on him, sandals on his feet, and a ring on his finger. Let's go celebrate. And so it was. Now, again, the great forgiveness the image of God and there he is welcoming him back even after all, spending half of, half of his estate it's all gone but he comes back anyway because he loves his son but that's only part of the story I think the other part of the story is about the older brother who hears the music hears the dancing finds out that his brother returned after blowing all that money what's up with that He was furious at his father for welcoming him back. What? The father comes out and begins to plead with the son. Come in. Don't you understand? Your brother was dead and has come to life again. Well, we don't really know how the story ultimately ends because, well, it's just a story, just a parable. But think about that story. That's the story of the son who would show no mercy. The brother sinned, and he would not forgive him, would not welcome him back, would not be there. And I know there are many families that have such a situation. might be a son or daughter, a father or mother, a niece or nephew, someone in their family who has committed some terrible sin. Some, well, it's just embarrassing to even talk about it. What could they do? And you think about it. God can forgive. He doesn't care what you did. You know, I when I do my prison ministry and I I begin to understand. You know, you think about. Gee, my son disappointed me. Yeah, but did he murder anybody? Well, no. Well, hey, he's way out of the game. It's about that forgiveness. It's about understanding that we, as family, have to forgive our own, have to understand that we are called to be merciful. We are called to be like God in forgiving. When there's humility, And when there's repentance, you forgive. It's how it works. It's what we're called to do. Today, as we come to the altar to receive the body and blood of Christ, we ask for the strength and the grace, the wisdom and the love to be forgiving as our Heavenly Father is forgiving. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, one of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light.